Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello and welcome to this somewhat spooky episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. <laughs> With a tail. I keep waiting for Charles. That's why I'm delaying. Uh, <laughs> Jenna? I said I'm Jenna. Oh, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> and yeah. I'm Chris. I'm Stu. And uh, on this episode, we're going to uh, second half of our exciting trip up to uh, the Argo Hotel in Crofton, Nebraska. So this episode will deal with our actual experiences at the Argo Hotel and uh, what we saw there and uh, what we thought of the place. Um, I guess uh, we'll, we can just start off with overall impressions of the place. What uh, what do you guys think? We'll start with uh, let's start with Seth this time. Oh, man. So. Like the hotel itself is yeah. amazing. Uh, I'll start should, some video. In I the mean, background. it would make ma- like yeah. I was gonna say let's get some pictures up here. So yeah, it's just the it's a very well restored uh, old old hotel. There's lots of beautiful woodwork inside. Uh, it was, uh, built in 1912. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know all the details about it. I'm just going to tell you that it looks amazing. Look at the staircase. Isn't that yeah, yeah. It was in 1912 like... uh, to serve railroad traffic at the time. Uh, and um, one of the owners, Frank, uh, Frank and his wife, Megan, uh, own the place um, and have been working on restoring it since they purchased it. Um, when did they, how long have they owned it? I can't remember. Was six it six years? I six years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they've been working on uh, restoring it and uh, insulating the whole thing. They've just done uh, an amazing amount of work on it. Uh, let me turn the audio. Kind of here. There's music playing as you walk in, which is kind of cool. Um, and you can see, just see a lot of ornate woodwork. Uh, but anyway, Frank told me uh, the, the uh, hotel was built by Sears and Roebuck Company. Oh, for and, heaven's uh, sake. <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very solidly built. Uh, there's like, I think he said two foot uh, between the floors of space uh, filled with these giant 12 foot um, joists stacked on top of each other. Um, sounds like the place is solid enough to survive a nuclear apocalypse. Um, but this is the lobby area of the hotel, um, and uh, very uh, a lot of very rich woodwork here. And then you walk up the stairs, and uh, lots of pictures of people. Um, you know, I never did 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 any of you guys look at the pictures to see what all that was about? I never. They're really... like uh, high school classes, like class you know, of different years of uh, graduation pictures. Mm-hmm. It looks like. Yeah, 
So anyway, it was built in 1912, but in the 1940s, uh, it was converted into a sanitarium. And um, mm. Stu, uh, you know some of the history of that? Did you want to talk about that? or? Oh, not um, no, no more than you guys did it because I was there for the... Okay. For, for, for the talk, but just gotcha. in, in, in general, and tuberculosis was is mm -hmm. such a terrible epidemic that you know that really ravaged parts of the country. Um, in New England, yeah, because my my specialty is vampire folklore. In New England, they would literally blame tuberculosis at times on vampires and go hunting the the last people who died, thinking they were dragging the next victim down to the grave. It's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a very slow horrific disease that people live with for years and just wasted them away into you know into, into shadows of themselves before they finally succumbed and then when the when like say one person in the family would die of tuberculosis that's when the next one would start showing symptoms because of the slow rate of the accumulation so it was a mm -hmm. it, it, it was um grimmer even than, than most diseases that that, that they can see today yeah so uh so that room was the room that chris um purchased for the evening and uh that and the room uh next to it uh share this nice little balcony out here which would be kind of a nice place to sit in the spring or the fall or maybe even the summer if it's a cool enough evening um and then right across from the uh, argo hotel is a lutheran church um i thought it was methodist <laughs> it was lutheran it was lutheran oh, was it okay yeah yeah Apparently, they're but the, uh, the town is like ninety five percent Catholic or something. Is what yeah, they're yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think it was when it was settled. Now, now as as time goes on, these things become a little more diffuse. Hmm. But uh, so that was one of the rooms. Uh, the other room that we had that was supposedly the most haunted room in the hotel, and. Um, Every uh, every room uh, here, they have eleven rooms. Uh, all of them have a bathroom. So if you're going to stay in over the night, you've got a, uh, your own bathroom. It's all secure. And then some of them have the parlor area that you can sit in. It's really pretty. Yeah, and it wasn't originally that way. They have, they've actually been going through remodeling it. There was mm -hmm. every room was kind of there were shared bathrooms initially, and then they right. remodeled it so every room had a bathroom. Had a bathroom. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is the room next to ours, which was empty. Oh, dang it. Sorry about that. And I should say, let me go back just a minute here. So the room that Stu had uh, was supposed, it was the, uh, was it the Roosevelt suite, Stu? Or? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's supposedly the most haunted suite uh, in the hotel. And the interesting thing was, is that when you're in the bathroom, you hear the distinct sound of someone breathing. Snoring. Like they're asleep, snoring in the next room. And this is the next room, and there was nobody in the next room. And we eventually realized that it had to be the plumbing in the room that was making this noise. But it was constant. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. The toilet must have had some sort of a leak somewhere, maybe, or something. Yeah, because uh, you could hear water really, running. It was really creepy because all night, you know, I would get up whatever time I would get up to go to the bathroom, I would go in there and I could have sworn somebody was in the next room sleeping. Sorry. I could hear them breathing just as clear as day. And, uh, but obviously this is the next room over and there was nobody in there overnight. So unless it's a snoring ghost, uh, then I'm going to assume that it was the plumbing, but it wasn't, I mean, you could only hear it if you were in the bathroom and, uh, 
you know, it wasn't uh, loud or obnoxious by any means. It was just something like, huh, the walls must be really thin because I can hear the guy in the next room sleeping, (laughs) snoring. That that would be kind of like you'd die as a ghost with sleep apnea or (laughs) and your CPAP doesn't come with you to the afterlife. Right. right. So this is kind of after we got to the hotel, after going to the ghost town and we're all just kind of getting our bearings and uh, relaxing for a little bit as we wait for uh, the evening to set in. We're figuring out where we're going to go for dinner. And uh, so this was supposedly the most haunted room in the hotel. Now, right by where Chris is sitting, and you can just see the corner of it there. A Ouija board. We have uh, we brought a Ouija board with us. And um, um, I'm pausing here because the owners uh, said, uh, you know, uh, whatever you do, please do not open a portal to the underworld in the <laughs> Roosevelt suite. <laughs> so our, uh, what yeah, we, we ended did. up doing was we, we set up the Ouija board there. Uh, we put the planchette in the middle of the Ouija board uh centered on a spot we knew exactly where it was and then uh at one point i just said if there are any spirits in this room that wish to communicate with us please do so by moving this planchette and uh it never moved so either they didn't want to communicate with us or maybe they were off doing ghost things maybe they heard when you say a pun and they were like nope Yes, they were out. <laughs> out of all the living world, we do not want to talk to, to yes the to the pun master. And then there's uh, some uh, electronic gear we bought uh, for uh, ghost detecting, uh, which uh, didn't get set off. We had no hits on any of that. Um, we didn't bought. We brought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you, we bought it. At some you point. did bought it, so. Yeah. <laughs> And then he goes uh, down the dark hallway. Well, sure, you got to go down the creepy dark hallway. Because how else are you going to see the giant gaping maw of death waiting for you? Waiting to consume right. you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was... Uh, let me uh, speed this up a little bit. Well, here we go. We're, we're moving now. So this kind of just uh, cuts back around that. If you go straight there, there's stairs that take you back down uh, into the uh, dining area. Oh, okay. Um, which we'll see in the next video. Um, and then basically we come back around to the front here. So mm-hmm. It's really pretty. Yeah, it's a very beautifully restored. Uh, <clears throat> um, they've just done a, a fantastic job of it. Now, um what we did was once we got checked in, we kind of relaxed for a little bit. I'm going to pause it here. Um, and uh, we ended up going to a, uh, a restaurant for dinner that was uh, not too far away, about five, maybe seven miles, something Toward like Yankton, that. Toward Yankton, right? Yankton. Yeah, it was on the river. And I can't re- um, <clears throat> I can almost remember the name of the place, but I can't quite. But anyway, uh, uh for most of us, it was really good food. For Linda, um, the fish she had was not so good, and she had a rough night of it. But um, but other than that, it was I, I thought it was delicious. I enjoyed my food. It was um, good. Yeah, and I would recommend going there. It was a very popular place. A lot of people eating there. So uh, then we came back, and I'll start this kind of up again. 
And uh, so as you go down the stairs again, back to the main lobby, uh, that's where we set up to play a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Seth created a one-off campaign for us. Seth, you want to tell us a little bit about your, your how you uh, found the campaign and what made you think it uh, was would lend itself to this venue? Well, uh, so there's a uh, there's something called Rolled and Told. I believe it's uh, started off as a website, but now they've got uh, books out, and the books are just uh, one shot campaigns. Each one's uh, just a little a little self contained adventure. And so I, uh, our friend Benito, showed me the books a while ago, and I got one of my own. So I found a. a thematically appropriate adventure from in there uh, about uh, a haunted carnival where they would have to play games to release them and innocent people. And Bill screwed it all up for everybody. <laughs> I, I would argue he did not, though. I mean, that, that, that was one of the best things about that. Seth, I will... Oh, okay, he didn't screw it up for you, for everyone. He screwed it up for about eight of the survivors who you might have saved. <laughs> that went along. Seth, and I, what I'm going to say is this: um, for those of the those listeners who are interested in the in D and D, you did an excellent job DMing in that you had each of us give our our personal credos as we began. And my my character was this was a cleric who was really all about you know he's a chaotic good guy. He was all about he was the stereotypical life life cleric all about healing and helping people and then chris was playing this paladin who was all about the duty again to his to his mm -hmm. fellow human beings to fellow people and you know, and helping people at, at all costs but then bill's character was this um our artificial construct what, what, what yeah, warforged war echo knight a warforged echo knight who was very explicit that if you're not a warrior, I really don't value you as a human <laughs> being. And right. as we go fighting here, we, uh, Bill's character realizes that if we if we keep doing this, one of our one of the his fellow warriors, the people he really values, is going you know might it's might catch in their chips. Yeah. So we're trying to save these these twelve captives in this uh, in this cage. And it's, and Bill basically starts realizing that's not going to happen, and so he starts. Starts sending us home instead of the captives, and and that, that's how the game went. So really, in terms of in terms of playing a character, I don't think it ruined it at all because that's that's the way the no, game. No, nothing was ruined as the game. I yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> I just, the game was fantastic. Yeah, we all had fun. It's just yeah. it just ended. It just ended sooner than it would have because rather than send home the people in the cage. I chose to send home my uh, compatriots that were fighting with me because um, I knew that as we played the games, the chances of us losing at some point were getting greater and greater. Now, and, I will I will also say this. It was a WTF moment because <laughs> Bill did not discuss this with no. us at all. <laughs> so, you know, waiting for your turn, and then all of a sudden Bill names you as getting returned back home which you only assume that's actually happening we don't really know he could have also killed yeah. me right then and there True. so he you know tell seth or damn you know send back uh chase who was my character the paladin and poof yeah. i'm gone i'm i'm out of the game i don't know whether i'm alive yeah, that, or dead that was the downside of that is he was out of the game yeah 
So well, anyone neither here nor there, but we was we... just game over. You won. <laughs> yeah. Good job. And, and the reason I chose Chris first was because I got a a plus four on my uh, uh, game gameplay as long as uh, Stu's character was still around. <laughs> giving us some sort of benefit so i thought okay well there's uh i got a really good score here i know i can send chris home so i did that and i thought because Stu's score will help me there and then i thought okay i've just got to try to get a high enough score to send Stu home and then those guys are safe and then i can i should be able because i my character being warforged had a really high strength and so i was doing the you know you take the mallet and you try to hit the hammer and cling the bell kind of a thing so i figured i i had a pretty good opportunity doing that but then seth's like uh the the evil guy that ran the circus said you can only play a, a specific game three times and uh so i had already done it once to free uh, somebody in one of the cages which meant i only had two more chances so i knew i had to get uh Stu and uh, uh chris's there character were other games to play i know <laughs> no one even tried the goat boys thing Tell what were the different games, Seth? Do you remember some of them? Uh, yeah, it, they were carnival games. Uh, so different you had ones. the ring toss, uh, the the hammer, or, or the one where you hammer the bell and it st- shoots the thing up. So the strength contest of strength. Uh, there was the game where you toss, uh, where you toss balls at mugs and try and knock a bunch down. Uh, there was the cup game with, where someone would hide a pee under the cup and then they would shoot it around. Uh, and uh, there might have been one more, but then there was the goat, goat boys game where he has you eat st- strange things, you roll or horrible things. Uh, you roll a dice, uh, a d6, and uh, some of the options are 10 feet of hemp and rope. Uh, <laughs> boots, just a boot. Oh! <laughs> uh, and and it, the, some of them are really bad. And <laughs> that's one of the easier ones to lose, I think. And yeah. I think that the adventure was designed so that uh, eventually you would get to there and have to try some of these. Hmm. So, goat boy waits for us all is what you're saying yeah yes. now uh <laughs> like there uh, originally linda was supposed to play with us too and she was also playing a paladin <laughs> so you guys would have had uh two paladins a cleric and uh whatever and bill's oh, fighter war, warforged yeah but one of the there is an e- a really easy way out of that campaign, and it involves a lot of radiant damage, which you guys could have dealt. So, yeah. if you guys heard. would have asked the right questions, uh, you might have gotten out of there in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, nah. but there was no there was no way that I was going to get out of there alone once I sent those guys back. Nope, you were without radiant damage, and you would have uh, definitely died had you tried to do anything other than what you did. You affected <laughs> yourself and doomed everyone there. Yeah, I'm trying to remember now how the game ended. So after you had sent uh, Stu's character back, you decided to investigate more yeah. and uh, try and figure out uh, kind of more of what's going on. So you rolled stealth really good. 
snuck back into the area where the there were wagons they were guarding and got into the wagon where the ghost's remains were stored. <laughs> and uh, so you didn't actually find the remains. You <laughs> were just goofing around in there and then failed a stealth check. Oh. And the ring the ringmaster showed up basically to taunt you with going, oh, no, uh, that's our remains right there. Uh, but you don't have any way to damage it, so you're... <laughs> You're screwed. You screwed yourself. Ha ha, I win. <laughs> DM, I got to do a little... Happy dance. dance. Yeah. You messed up. <laughs> the, the bad guy going, I won and I know it. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. it was fun. So, what... Uh, we also uh, got to tour uh, the basement, so the owners took us on a tour of the the uh, place and i'm just going to go ahead and uh, start that little video section now so this was the dining area that i mentioned earlier the uh, behind me is the stairs that led down from the second floor into this dining area and uh, they do a uh, a really fantastic breakfast in the morning here because your room rate includes breakfast uh, yeah. the next morning and so you sit in here with all the other guests of the hotel sit around a table and they bring out uh, this uh, wonderful breakfast uh, feast and uh, all kind of sit around and eat and chat and talk about your adventures and um, really fun. Uh, and so they, uh, as part of this tour, she showed us around that, that area and explained a lot of the artifacts in that room. And then now we're out into the, uh, again, the main lobby area. Um, that's the area right there. Uh, those sofas where we sat to play our D and D game actually. And, um, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, learning about all this stuff, then they took us down to the basement and the basement area is where the uh, sanitarium used to be. So in the 1940s, uh, this hotel, uh, was converted into a sanitarium and, uh, they say that the basement is the most haunted area of the hotel. So the most haunted bedroom is uh, the one that uh, Stu had upstairs, but the by far the most haunted area of the hotel is down in the basement. So uh, we're heading down to the basement right now. And uh, to uh, to make it more uh, <laughs> adventure-like, <laughs> yeah, I switched it to uh, a ghost, uh, ghost hunter mode, my camera. <laughs> So, but uh, I switch it back when we get to the end of the series because I'm like, yeah, the green's just going to not show up all the uh, the interesting woodwork and everything that we wanted to see. Was that articles that they had on the walls or just Nebraska? I think it was just Nebraska like, stuff. I didn't really uh, look uh, at it actually that closely. The, the uh, stuff on the walls going down was were um, uh, uh, kids' books. So yeah. there were some mm -hmm. of Frank's books from his childhood they just used to decorate and it really added an interesting oh yeah you, you can see the covers of those or... books uh, around the ring of the ceiling there yeah and it, it was either joyful or or macabre depending on how you want to to view it right yeah and uh, that table uh right there uh, is a table that frank built um uh, and God, what is it about 12 feet long i think seth oh it's huge yeah um, and uh, anyway, they've uh, they offered us to come back 
and play a candlelit game of Dungeons and Dragons in the sanitarium down the basement. On that'd be cool. Do that. Yeah, yeah, we got to do that. Now the only thing is, they said this area they have to close it at eleven because things just get too weird, supernatural after that. I'm Maybe. pretty sure it's because they have to go to bed for the night. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, we got to stick with the first story, Seth. This is all about the haunted Argo Hotel. Mm -hmm. I, I'm right. pretty sure they didn't say. I, no. I'm pretty sure what they said was they had to go to bed. Right. <laughs> it wasn't about the haunting. No, true. But, I mean, it makes for a great story. Uh, and uh, this is a cool. Uh, behind Chris, there is a very cool bar that they got. Um, it's actually uh, uh, antique from an old uh, uh, saloon. Uh, it's actually they were pointing out some bullet holes from some black powder oh, bullets that were shot oh, into no. it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's very beautifully restored. And uh, they've also got this very cool uh, player piano down there, and. Uh, it actually works. They uh, restored it. Uh, figured out how to make it work. <laughs> figured out. I got on YouTube and found out how to make it work. And uh, we're actually going to hear it here. They actually started up. Make sure the uh, volume's up. Yep. So, Was that like a 30s and 40s? They converted them with Cooper vacuum motors. Everyone, yeah, none of us knew Seth or uh, Chris, Chris was a huge piano player. So that was awesome. uh, oh, oh, no. there's dolls. There's no, oh yeah, yeah there's there's dolls. dolls. No, mm -mm. there's uh, there's uh, dolls. There's uh, a severed head in that chair and a severed head in that <clears throat> school desk. I remember when we were going through this room, they told us that they just like found a couple heads, and oh. <laughs> I'd been like. Where <laughs> they, they were out uh, antique shopping, though, so they yeah. don't just find heads in the hotel, thankfully. <laughs> and and it's oh, not yeah. a real head, of course. Yeah, but yeah, and then this is uh, further back. This room uh, has all been restored too. They were talking about all the work they had to do to restore this and uh, bring in the different uh, wood antique pieces that they found around to decorate the room. Uh, the uh, I think they said the uh, floor in this room is the original floor mm -hmm, from when child. the hotel was built, uh, wow. which is very cool. Uh, and they had a lot of very cool ghost stories. They said uh, one of the ones that's uh, the most uh, well-known, maybe most persistent, uh, is about a woman that came there to have a child or something. And the, uh, she and the child, I think, died, was it, mm -hmm. during childbirth? Um, and supposedly the mother's ghost uh, still wanders the uh, hotel looking for her child. And uh, the previous owner had bought, uh, had uh, a picture that she had hung um, 
I think in the uh, dining area, and it was kind of up on the wall in the dining area. Uh, here's no, I was more, in the bar. Yeah, I was in the here's bar. Here's more ghost uh, ghost type footage. I was mm -hmm. hoping to catch something on the camera, but didn't. But uh, anyway, they hung it down there, and it was hung up, and it had like what museum glass or something <clears> in front of it. So it was really kind of old lead glass. It was really hard to see the picture because it was a dark picture anyway. But it was of a young woman, and she, uh, the owner, told everybody that it was supposedly a painting or portrait of the uh the woman that lost her child that haunts the hotel to this day well they <laughs> finally uh took that picture down and they moved it it now sits behind the bar uh, and frank went and got a uh, a bright led flashlight to shine through so we could see what it was and um seth what how would you describe it oh uh, it was Looked like it was painted it was a, probably in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I it, it was not a painting. It's a, it, it looks like a photograph actually. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, kind of a, a photograph like maybe been gone through a filter. And it was definitely in the 60s or 70s. She's um, it, it, it's a woman of African American descent. It looks like yeah, she mm -hmm. has, yeah, yeah. And she even has hoop earrings and so forth. It's obviously not period. Oh God, there's um, a shadow. Oh, that's Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, like the previous owner though, like her brother had like scratched out her nipple <laughs> yeah because i guess those are the things you do when you live in crofton <laughs> yeah yeah we know when, when, that, that, when the first time i ever saw that painting was you know in 19 or that that picture it was in 2016 when a friend of mine stopped there to um when they, they were still running it as a as a full out full-on restaurant and we stopped there and had a steak, and it was really nice. And that was hanging up behind behind the bar where we were, where we were eating, which, uh -huh. which is not open to the public now. That's that was back at the dining room a little bit. And yeah, you know, from a distance and from that lighting, it has a very surreal, almost like a lenticular image type of mm -hmm. um, quality. And it, it, it takes on another meaning. Uh, just to interject a little bit about the history of the building, and if someone wants to be more specific, they sure can because I don't remember all the particulars myself, but. After it stays as a tuberculosis um, sanitarium, uh, it, it was a it went, went through a couple of medical phases. First, as a as a uh, for a doctor who they have there are some question about their credentials. It was more of a more of a quack thing, but then oh geez, but then, but then it was a real doctor's office for you know for for quite some time before it was finally repurchased and remodeled into a bed and breakfast. Well, I think they said that uh, when the doctor that was like a, the quack doctor, it was you know still back when uh a lot any just like anyone could or the the term doctor was less regulated mm -hmm. so they might have been a quack but they uh, uh, from what they were saying he was also probably about as good as the town was gonna get mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. what is she gonna do kind of thing yeah yeah if, but... like he apparently had some experience and uh this uh, just not like a formal medical training i think they said he was is from uh medic during the war or something not oh, technically wow. a doctor but he did have some medical knowledge or yeah. he was technically a doctor because no one could tell him he couldn't use that word <laughs> yeah well the more well the more macabre aspects of the structure and um i first saw this in a, in a video done by nebraska public television back in the you know when the previous owner had it, which I can't find anymore. I think they took it down when the, when the place changed ownership. Um, but one of the most more macabre aspects of the, of the Argo is that at one point during renovations, 
a bag of bones was discovered in the walls. No. And the early rumor was that it was a ba- uh, bones of a, of a baby, of an infant. And then the the official story that was put out in, in the in the uh, NETV documentary was that it, they were actually just animal bones. There was nothing to that. But then Frank and Megan have done some research with the sheriff, and they said they found some some records. They were actually were the bones of a human child, of someone about eight years mm. old. And they mm. were, they were sent to the state, and they have, as far as I knew, they had never they were never identified. Maybe that's why that ghost woman is walking around looking for her infant. Yeah, they're, 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 well, eight year old. There could there there could be something there could be oh. something going on there. I'm not. And all, all the time that it was a medical facility and a TB sanitarium, what you did, what people did with indigent, indigent children over the years, um, does not fit with our current ethics nearly as well as it no. does. Right. right. And, and there's an old superstition. I'm just going to throw this one out there. I have no idea this has anything to do with anything. Uh, there is an old superstition that you that to make a structure last, that you should entomb um, a human being. Uh, in the walls, yeah, there, there, there's some great epic poems from Serbia about that, and I, I, and I'm, I'm in fact I'm I'm reminded of the of the Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You know, the the castle sank into this swamp, and and I, and I guess in the original versions of that of that tale, the way you are keep the castle from sinking into the swamp is by entombing a human being in the in the walls. I have no oh, idea anything to do with that with that bag at all because that's that's obviously very late for that you and. I've never seen that even applied in, in an American context at all, but just because it's spooky season, I'll throw that out there. Nice. nice. Yeah. So overall, uh, highly recommended. It. it was a great stay. Very quiet. Uh, if you like uh, quiet hotels, um, except for the breathing toilet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you, by then you're awake anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a beautiful hotel, great food uh, for breakfast. Yeah, uh, special thanks to Freakin. Yeah, Freakin good. Uh, yeah, special, Megan. Yeah, fantastic history. Uh, creepy pictures on the wall in some places. Right, right. Don't spend too much time locking eyes with the mother-in-law. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. That's a creepy one. Yeah. So anyway, we hope you guys uh, will go check it out. Stay at the Argo. And uh, if you do, let us know what you think. And uh, if you had any uh, supernatural experiences while there and uh, be sure that if we end up going back, uh, having a D&D session down in the sanitarium by candlelight, we will certainly cover that on this show. Well, I'm bring uh, Jenna. Yeah. Uh, Not for nothing, but. Uh, when we left, they were in the process of putting it on the market. So I was going to say it's for sale. Yeah, <laughs> if you want your own, uh, if you want your own haunted hotel, uh, and you have a couple million dollars, I don't know how much. Uh, check it out. Yeah. Do Do we want to talk about the, the their um their ghost experiences as well? Do you want me to inject a bit about that? Well, don't didn't we have a bit of video that we could can use? Of them um, I already. About- yeah, I already showed all the video that I had for this episode because we're already 35 minutes in. So no, that a, is lot, fair. a lot of those are a lot longer. So we could always do another episode on that. Or I tell you what, why don't you just put a link to a, a extra video on the website? Oh, there yeah, you go. I mean, we could have extra content this week. Ooh. Ooh. Bonus yep. content. Yep. We're, we're going to share. Idea. Um, 
with our talks with Frank and Megan. There's plenty more. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we'll watch for that. Check for that in the comment section. We'll get we'll get uh, get that out there for you guys. So thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And we certainly hope you'll check out the Argo Hotel at some point. And again, let us know what you think if you do. So thanks for watching. And we will see you next week with more fun content. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye. Courage. Later. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.